Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady, and I am so glad that you're here. Feel free to reach out to me anytime at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also direct message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. I wanted to start off this episode by saying how overwhelmingly amazed that I am at the running community and the trail running community at large. Honestly, just, you know, I'm getting ready to do a race recap, but just the last couple of days, I just feel so surrounded by people that truly care about me and about how my races go and, and they just care. And I don't know what else to say. So just, (laughs) know that I appreciate each and every message, each and every comment, each and every, everything. You guys are amazing. And I wouldn't be able to do what I do without your encouragement, without your support, without your just always believing in me and having my back. It means everything. And so without further ado, let's get into today's episode. This is going to be a full race recap of Vertigo Night Runs 20K, which took place on Saturday, August 19th. My race started at 7.30 p.m. and I finished in five hours, two minutes and 39 seconds. Okay, so that's how long it took me to run 20K or it ended up being right around 13 miles. 12.99 is what my, my watch ended up saying. So, I want to back up a little bit and just talk about a few things before I get into this actual deep dive. So my main goal for this year, 2023, was I wanted to become an ultra marathoner. And that happened early in the year for me. So that happened in January. I ran my first 52K at at Australia Mountain Regional Park in Goodyear. And that was the Coldwater Rumble 52K. Well, once that happened, I've been racing, quote unquote racing, because racing to me is, I don't really go fast. But since that point, let's see, I did, so that was January, February, I did a road half marathon at Mesa half marathon. And then in March, I did a trail half marathon at the Mesquite Canyon trail runs. And that was at White Tank Mountain Regional Park as well toughest half marathon of my life. It was very hard. That was where I ended up getting stitches. In April, I did a road, another road half marathon because I was just itching to race and I couldn't find anything really available to do um, trail wise, except for the end of April, which was going to be the first night race in the Insomniac series put on by Air Vipa. I wanted to do that race. It was, I believe it was, I don't know. I don't know what the first race was, but I was not able to do it because of conflicting schedules. So I ended up doing like the hippity hop half marathon at the beginning of April instead. In May, I raced again and that was, let's see, that was the adrenaline night runs put on by Aravipa again. And I did the 25K there. June, They had another race, but I was not able to attend due to another scheduling conflict. So I didn't do any type of race in June. But in July, I was able to do the Stunner night runs out at Usury Mountain Regional Park, which I've 
did a, done a recap on that a couple of episodes ago. And that ended up being a 12K. That was my husband's, also his debut into the trail running world. And he, or trail racing world, I should say. And he ran the 6K in like 34 minutes or something ridiculous like that. Which, I mean, by ridiculous, I mean ridiculously fast. He did really good. Um, and then brings us to August, to the race that I just did two nights ago at White Tank Mountain Regional Park again, and it was the Vertigo 20K. Okay, so my goal, like I said, was to start out and become an ultra marathoner. Well, over the course of those next several months that I just talked about and the races that I've done and things, I had a lot going on in my mind and and just trying to figure out what did I really wanna do with my life? And, you know, did I wanna just run roads? Did I wanna just run trails? Did I wanna do both? you know, and what was my goal and for the rest of the year. And because I did the big one right away. So over the course of time and after changing coaches in the middle of the year and, and just kind of really digging deep and figuring out what sounds the best, what, what do I really want to do? I decided that I wanted to run another ultra marathon before the end of the year. And so I ended up signing up for Pass Mountain 50K, which is happening November 11th out at Usury Mountain Regional Park again. So from the time I started working with Desert to Peak Coaching um, in June, to me, everything kind of at that point is leading towards my second 50K. And I kind of just keep stepping up race distances uh, at every one of these night races, you know, so... I guess that's not true because I did a 25K first and then a 12 and now a 20. And then <laughs> next month I've got another 25K. Okay, maybe I'm just having fun. So let's go ahead and I don't even know why I said all that, to be honest with you. But I have so many things to say and I just, I never feel like I get it all out right. And so I just, I just kind of start rambling. But pre-race this past, this past week before the race uh, on Saturday, there was already some tension in between my husband and I because I told him that I wanted to drive separate. And so before you get upset that I'm, you know, polluting or whatever, we live extremely close to the race venue. And so it wasn't like we were going to be taking two cars and driving super far away and, you know, wasting a lot of gas or anything like that. We're talking just within minutes of the race venue. And so I wanted to take separate cars. I don't want you all to think that it was purely a selfless reason that I didn't want him to wait at the finish line for me. Um, the reason I wanted to take two cars, there's two main reasons. Okay. So keep in mind that for this race, I would be running 20K. He was running 10K. And not only was he running half the distance, that I was, but he is twice as fast, if not more than twice as fast. So I knew no matter what, he would be waiting hours and hours for me at the finish line. My reasoning was if he has his own car, he can finish his race, cross the finish line, get his medal, drink his iced coffee, whatever he's going to do, visit with people, whatever party, I have no idea. He can drive home, which is just a few minutes away. And my 13-year-old son will not be home with his older brother and doing who knows what while we're gone. Not that I expect him to do anything bad, but I just, there's that part of 
that anxiety in my mind that I wanted, I just wanted my, my sons to not be home too long without us, you know? And like I said, one is 21 and, and then my other son is 13. So it's not like he was home alone or anything, but especially this being a night race. And I knew that I was going to finish very late or early into the next day. I just didn't want my husband or I not to be there. So that was the first reason. The second reason that I wanted my husband to drive separately was it gives me so much anxiety having someone wait for me at the finish line. Uh, So I need to describe this so that you know what I'm talking about. When I'm out on the trails, when I'm racing, even though everyone knows I'm not racing, I'm, I'm just trying to survive out there. but I kind of get in his own and I'm just out there doing my thing. And I, I can do so much better if I'm not worried about what's going on at the finish line or at home, if that makes sense. So it's not, I know people are going to be at the finish line waiting. I know the race crew is there. I know the timing tent is there and the finish line people and the volunteers. I know all that. And there are some spectators waiting for their people, but when there's someone that's specifically waiting for me to finish, it stresses me out when I'm running and I can't really enjoy the time or get in my zone like I want to. When I ran my first ultra back in January, my friend Holly, who I've mentioned multiple times um, on this podcast and on Instagram, she wanted to be there when I crossed the finish line. And I tried talking her out of it multiple times because I thought I would just be really anxious and not want her to, you know, not want anyone really to be there. My family wasn't going to be there. And I, I guess I was just planning to cross the finish line alone. I don't know, but she insisted and, and she would text me while I was on the trail. And, you know, I see you're getting close. I see your light come down the mountain. Honestly, it was a huge help having her there. And I have no regrets. I'm really glad that she insisted because I wouldn't have had anybody. And that was a huge deal and a really big accomplishment. So in that situation, I'm super glad that she was there. And that time it, it kind of, it stressed me out a little bit knowing that she was waiting, but I had done everything I could do to tell her, Holly, I have no idea how long it's going to take me. You know, you could be here for three weeks or, you know what I'm saying. And, and, and so I felt like I had sufficiently told her Like I'm very, 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 very slow. Like you will be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and she was okay with that. And so because I had done my best in that, then I wasn't, I didn't stress so much knowing that she was there, but I think I would have really stressed if I knew my husband was waiting or that my kids were waiting. And I know I'm weird, but that's just how I am. So that was the second reason that I wanted my husband to take his own vehicle. Another spoiler alert. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, okay, my husband's running the 10K. It's going to probably take him about two hours. I knew that I had not run this entire course before. I, I'm at the White Tang Mountains all the time, and I I would have to say I probably run most of these trails or at least hiked most of the trails, but I had not been on this entire six-ish mile competitive loop I had not ever been on the entire thing. And that's mainly because every time I would go, it seemed like there's just so many cyclists out there. And I just felt like I was always, you know, having to step off the trail or whatever. And it just, it just kind of, I, I just, I just didn't ever do the whole thing. There were other trails that seemed to be less traveled 
and that's where I like to be. And so I had never done this whole loop, but I had read the race description. I knew there was a significant climb and I knew it was rocky and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And I knew that it was going to be a challenge. And so I thought, well, this is only my husband's second trail race ever and his longest trail race to date. It's probably going to take him a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid me. He finished in one hour and 14 minutes. Okay. So maybe you can see my point of view now. He finished in one hour and 14 minutes. It took me five hours to run twice as far as him. Okay. So let that sink in. Okay. I am trying not to cry and you guys are going to think I'm so weird, but I'm titling this episode with a quote, ask what it means to win. And you'll see that you did. That quote is from my friend, Mike McLean. And he's a member of Team RWB like I am. He is at a lot of the same Air Viper events that I go to. I've talked to him a couple different times, not for a super long time, but he's emailed me about my podcast before we've messaged back and forth. And he messaged me last night. And that was one of the things he said, ask what it means to win and you'll see that you did. When I read those words, I just, I just about lost it because I had really, really been struggling with the fact with my finish time in this race. And I'm going to explain what happened next. So my race started at 730 and before the race, it was super amazing because I knew that my friend Chris Morrison and his friend Oscar was, were going to be manning the aid station out on the trail. And I didn't realize they were going to be there all night, but they were there the entire night. Um, it was literally an overnight shift. And so I was looking for them, you know, and they just, I just happened to look up when I got to the race venue and I saw them and I was able to go over there and get a picture with Chris and with Oscar and with Oscar's brother, Tommy. And if you saw my post on Instagram, my kind of mini race recap on there, you'll, that's the first picture that I put on that post is a picture of the four of us. And that just started off my night so amazingly being able to see my, my friends. And then shortly after that, or maybe as even before that, I saw Amanda and we were able to just give each other a huge hug. And, and I've only seen her in person one time before, but we've messaged a few times. We were able to get a picture under the insomniac sign. I saw Renee, a true tribe member. You've probably heard me talk about the running university and true tribe and, and true coach Lisa is her Instagram handle. And Renee is a member of the true tribe. And I currently am right now as well. And so we were able to get a picture together as well. And so I, and then another, an orange mud ambassador, a fellow orange mud ambassador named Gene, he came up and, and introduced himself. And he had messaged me before about uh, when I was wondering about how to start a podcast and different things like that. And he was, he was awesome. He was trying out his running sandals on a, on the 50 K and he's like, I want to see how my feet do in these, you know, at this distance. And so he, he rocked it. 
but I was able to just kind of meet up with all these different running friends and take pictures and and just kind of get in a really good headspace before the race started because I was like, look, I know all these people and and everybody was just so encouraging and and the night was so beautiful. It was I think when we started it might have been low 90s, but it ended up getting into the 80s while we were running and it it drizzled on us some and it, it was cloud cover and it was just I could not have asked for a more beautiful night to run a trail race. It was amazing. So everything started off really well. I purposely placed myself at the back of the race. And so I think when I first, when they they did the countdown, we crossed the starting line, this race was two loops. And so each loop was 10K and I had to do it twice. So I knew that I was gonna be circling back through the start finish area you know, and crossing the start line again and getting back out on the trail. So I knew that from the beginning, but I wanted to place myself at the back of the group because I've talked before about how I got caught and kind of swept up into like a pack and there was nowhere to step off the trail. And I had to just kind of keep up with this group. And it just was more than it, it was just started off way too fast for me, more than I could maintain. And so I didn't want that to happen to me again. So I stayed at the back. And when I crossed the starting line and we got out onto the actual trail, there were probably about two or three people behind me. And it seemed like a couple of them were kind of trying to stay in that spot. And like, it almost seemed like if I would start running, they would start running. And and I have no problem with that, except I did not feel like I could handle it mentally. I needed to know that there was not someone uh, on my tail. I, I don't know how else to describe it. And so I think at one point I even stepped aside and just waited for that person to pass. Cause I just, I, I just wasn't, wasn't handling, having, I just wasn't having it. <laughs> and so it started drizzling a little bit. It was, I got some pictures, a few pictures and went on my way. I did walk run intervals, nothing specific. I didn't use my timer on my watch. I just ran when I felt like I could run. And then I walked when I needed to. So this trail was rocky. It was sandy. There were a ton of washes, it seemed like, and a lot of up and down. It was not, there were some flat spots, but a lot of this was you go deep down into, you know, you go down and then you climb back out and you go down and you climb back out. And then there was one huge gnarly hill and that hit at about mile three and it was pretty steep and it had rocky switchbacks and i got to a certain point of that climb and okay so let's see i got to a certain part of that climb and okay so keep in mind that i started at 7:30 well the next the sh- next distance to start was the 10k and that was at 7:45 so as I'm running and I know I'm in last because on purpose at this point, I know that it's not going to be too long before the 10K runners catch up to me. That's just how it always works for me. The next distance always catches up to me in the first you know, few miles or whatever. And so that's exactly what happened. I started being passed you know, multiple times by the, by the 10K runners. My husband passed me, all kinds of people passed me. And when I was in the middle of this gnarly climb, Karen and Amanda, they came up behind me and they recognized me. I think I had stepped aside because I was opening a gel or I don't know 
who knows why, but I stepped aside and then they all gave me big hugs and, and they kind of went on their way and I kept trudging after them. But I ended up dropping something on the trail and I bent over to pick it up and just the pain. Oh my goodness. My heart was just jumping out of my chest. I stood up. I felt terrible. I felt so weak. And, and what happened is about eight years ago, I had a triple surgery. So I had my right ovary removed. I had a, an abdominal hernia repaired and I also had my gallbladder removed. So I had five different incisions and for some reason lately, not on the outside, but on the inside, I will randomly get cramps that just extend across my entire abdomen and it's super uncomfortable and it's just, everything seizes up and I can't, it's like, I can't move and I can't do anything to, to release that cramp. And it gets to be, it's not an excruciating pain, but it's like a debilitating pain, if that makes sense to where I just like, I can literally do nothing. And except I think I'm just like, oh God, God help me, God help me, you know? So that had happened to me before the race, like a few hours before the race. All I was doing was taking off my shorts and I just wrenched that, that scar, whatever you want to call it, that incision area. And I, I did it two different times before the race. And so when I bent over at this point during this climb, um, it just, it didn't, it didn't like pull across my entire abdomen. It did something else and it was a sharper pain. And it was, it just like took my breath away and my heart was just in crazy. And I stood up and I kept going on my way, but I was like, oh no, oh no. And it kept walking at this point, everybody was hiking up this, this mountain. And so I didn't have to feel bad about that. They were all hiking too, but I started feeling really weak and not the weak that comes from like, if I'm overheated, cause I wasn't, it was nothing like that. My arms weren't noodly like during the last race or anything. This was a, just a different kind of weakness where I literally just started feeling unwell. So did my best, hiked when I needed to, ran when I could. But by the time I hit the first aid station about four and a half miles in, I remember Chris saying something like, how are you doing or something? And I said, I'm, I'm not feeling good. I'm just, I'm not feeling too good. I, I don't know if I'm going to do another loop. And I don't remember what he said. I got some water and I got a PB and J and I went on my way. And from that point, so about four and a half miles until I got to the start finish area, which was at about 6.2 miles, whatever. I just debated in my head, like, am I going to do this? I don't think I can do this. I don't know if I'm going to do this. I've never DNF'd before. Um, what would happen if I, if I just only finish one loop? What if I go to the medical tent and I say, look, here's what's going on. Can you check me out? Or do you think I should, you know, I'm good to go or will they make me quit? And I'm just, all of this is going in my head. What will my Instagram friends think if I, if I don't finish? what will my family think if what will i think if i don't finish and that was the main thing is myself i started thinking in my own mind i tried to kind of imagine myself stopping after the first loop because i still was not feeling good and at this point i was walking even though the trail was really flat at this point i think i was walking 
because I just, I did not feel good still. And I thought, okay, um, I might just have to, this might just be my very first DNF and others DNF'd. And I thought I have huge respect for all these other people that have DNF'd. And I, I hear stories about it all the time. I see posts on Instagram. No one is going to think any less of me and I need to do what's best for my body. And so all of this is going through my head for these couple of miles and I am just struggling and I am just like, people are passing me, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm all right. Or I think one lady said something and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm actually not really feeling that good. And she was somebody that had seen me before the race and had, and I'm like, well, I'm probably going to finish last. And she's like, so what I'm hearing you say is that you're just going to really enjoy this race. That's what I hear. And she was very encouraging. And so she saw me at the end, almost to the end of this first loop and was like, Hey, how's your race going? I was like, I'm not feeling good. She probably just like, wow, what a Debbie Downer, you know, but I debated back and forth this whole entire time. Okay. So I get to where I can see the start finish area. So they have these lights that kind of drape over the finish line. And I saw those lights and I saw the tents and I was like, can I do this? Can I just keep going through and hit the trail again? And in my head, I told myself, Michelle, can you, can you walk this? Like, can you keep going? Can you keep putting one foot in front of the other? Um, you know what I mean? And can you, and of course, yeah, I absolutely can. So I just stopped thinking about it at that point. Before you cross the timing mat, I think there was an aid station. So I grabbed a cup of cold water and I just literally like trudged through start finish area and headed back to the trail and just like kind of stomped my way on, along and did not even think once about entering the medical tent, about telling anyone I wanted to drop. And I just started getting on that trail. Well, pretty much as soon as I got on the trail, I heard, Michelle, is that Michelle? Yeah. You know, and I heard people cheering for me, which I found out later was Amanda and Karen. And I think maybe their friend as well. I'm not sure. And, and I was like, yeah. And I lifted my arms up and I said, thank you. And I, and then I just got back on that trail and I knew in my mind that if I got on the trail again, that if I started the second loop, that I would finish the second loop because I just knew I would, I knew I'm not going to quit unless, you know, something horrible happened and I, you know, fell and broke something and I couldn't finish. I knew that I was going to finish. So once I hit that trail for the second time, I already knew what, what I was up against. So I knew how hard the first loop was. And I knew that I had to do that all over again. And that thought had just been really daunting a few minutes before. And I didn't think I could do it again. And I thought, I don't know if I can do that climb again. Well, I kind of had to change my thinking from, I don't know if I can do that climb again to, I just don't want to do that climb again. And so I'm going to do that climb again, if that makes sense. It wasn't that I couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. And so I was going to do it for that reason, if that makes sense. And so I just got out on the trail and decided, you know what, I will walk as long as I need to until this, until this 
whatever I'm feeling lets up, like in, you know, the feeling in my abdomen, whatever, until it lets up, I'm going to walk. And then when I start feeling better, if I start feeling better, I'll run when I can. And so I just had that mindset for this loop. And I also thought, I will walk this whole loop if I have to, but I will get my medal. I will finish and I can do this. You know, there's no reason I can't do this. There were people that passed me that were on their third and fourth loop. I would see people multiple times because this course, if they were running the 50K, they had to run this loop five times. And I would see the same people over and over again, if that tells you anything. And, and these loops also all were run in a clockwise direction. So no one was ever running towards me during this race. Every, they would all come up behind me and pass me on the left. So I would see there's a group of three that I can think of right now, two guys and a girl, and they passed me probably four times. So I think they were running the, the 50K. And you know, I just kept seeing the same couple of girls would pass me. They were twins and they passed me multiple times. They were running the 50K. And I just had to be like, okay, whatever. You know, I know that they're on their, I'm only on my second loop and they're on their fourth, but whatever, you know, I'm not them. This is me. And I am out here putting in the work and I'm doing what I can do. And this is what I can do right now. So I'm doing it. So I would run when I could, um, which was not very often at the beginning of the second loop. And, and then I would walk or power hike most of the time is what I did. I would say I walked or power hiked for 65 to 75% of this 20K. Yeah, I would say 65 to 75%. So there I was running or I, I don't know, I was probably walking. Okay, let's be honest. And I would have some, someone pass me at one point. There was a um, this really nice lady named Emily and she looked so strong. And she's like, hey, I follow you on you know, on Instagram. And, and I said, what's your name? And she said, Emily. And I said, nice to meet you, Emily, you know, have a great race. And, and then I was going, uh, hiking up that terrible hill that I hate. Okay. That I despise and I hate, and I despise, I was hiking up that and another lady passed me and she's like, are you on social? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Waddell running lady. And she's like, I see your stuff. You have such great content, you know, you're killing it. And then she took off past me and I'm trying to think, and I don't, I don't know what her name was. She, she didn't ever tell me what her name was, but I want to say there might've been someone else that said something too, when I was getting through that second loop. Well, I started noticing when I was coming up out of that climb, I was feeling good. It was like, I got like a second wind or something and I just started actually feeling good. That pain in my abdomen was gone. The weakness was still there, not as bad. And I still felt like my heart rate wouldn't come, wouldn't kind of regulate and be like it normally would be. But I was feeling like a million times better. And so I was running the downhills and I was just like, okay, like I can do this. And it just seemed like the race was going by faster than I, than I thought it was going to. And I was, I thought I was doing pretty good time-wise and, and, you know, it was, it would rain a little bit on me and the weather was cool and it just seemed like everything was going really good. And I got to 
the aid station for the second time. And this was the aid station again, where my friend Chris was and my friend Oscar was and where Tommy was. And so I knew that if I got to that aid station, I would have some, you know, some friends there. And so sure enough, I, I see the aid station and they start cheering and I kind of, you know, whatever, dance my way in or, you know, and, and they're like, yeah, it's Michelle's back. And they asked how I was doing. And I said, you know, cause last time I had seen them, I said, I'm not doing good. I don't feel good. This time I said, you know what? I said, that first loop was a liar. I said, I am feeling so good. I feel great. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing, you know? And, and so they're like, yeah, all right. You know, cheer me on that way. I got myself some pretzels and some more water and got back on the trail and they're like, okay, I'm finished this thing, you know, Michelle. And, and, and so then I got back on the trail again. And again, like I said, I think there was close to two miles to the finish line at this point. And so I am counting it down now and I'm like, okay, I've only got, you know, this long until I finish. I've only got this many miles and, and I knew I was going to do the thing. And at this point, after the aid station, it's pretty flat. Most, I don't actually, I don't want to say flat, but it's, you know, there's some downhills and some single track and, and it's nice. And so I knew that, that I was totally going to finish this thing, but I looked at my watch and I realized that, so the first loop actually ended up taking me about two hours or maybe just over two hours. And so I thought originally that I could probably do this, you know, under five hours. So the closer I get to the finish line, it's actually really looking like I'm going to be able to finish this in less than five hours. So I was kind of getting excited because when I went into this race, I was thinking five to six hours. And so when I realized I could possibly do it in under five, I was like, yes, even after all this even after all these issues I've been having, you know, I can do this under five. And so, but it, it wasn't to be, the course was long and uh, just, I could see the lights of the finish line, but they were farther away than they appeared. And so, and at this point I was not able to run. I just was not running. I just was not a, really able to. And I was saving up my strength because I wanted to run across the finish line. And so I ended up finishing in five hours, two minutes and 39 seconds. And there were people there cheering for me and I raised my hands and I am 99% sure looking back that I cried a little bit, even though lately I have not been crying at finish lines. I think I did at that one because I was just so proud of myself that I stuck it out when I was so close to quitting. After the first loop, I was so proud of myself that I was crying a little bit and cross the finish line. This time I knew where to get my medal. And I had two cups of lemonade and two pieces of watermelon. And I asked for a grilled cheese and I ate those and, and was just prouder than, well, I don't know. I can't even think of a, how to describe how proud that I was of myself. But there are a couple things uh, that I forgot to share. I always spend my races on the far right side of the trail because I know that I'm a slower runner and I know there are going to be people passing me and I don't want them. I don't want to hold anyone up and I don't want them to feel like, you know, they have to be slowed down behind this woman lumbering on the trail. So I stay as far right as I possibly can. But there were a couple of times where it was single track. And there was this one spot in particular where it was kind of 
at a climb where I had to step off the trail. So I step aside so the guy behind me can pass. And as I step aside, I hear this noise behind me. It was kind of a big, bushy desert tree behind me, I guess. And I heard the sound of something in that tree. Um, Not up high, but like it was on the ground, but it was like moving through the brush and it was heavy. You know how you just can hear that it's a person or it's something and they were in that bush. And so I kind of gasped as I, you know, I stepped aside for the man as he's passing, I gasped and look kind of behind me. And this huge, at least sure sounded huge deer just ran across the trail behind me and well, in front of me technically, but it it was so dark and I did have my waistline on but it wasn't aimed where I could see. It was almost like I saw some feet running past, but I, I, it had the sound of a really heavy animal. And so I'm assuming that it was a mule deer. So as I'm gasping, the guy's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, go ahead, whatever. (laughs) And then the only other encounter I had with, with wildlife was a snake on the trail. My husband said there was a baby rattlesnake, but this one was not. This was just a small desert snake that was, this one was not a rattler. And it was on the trail in front of me and I saw it in enough time to identify what kind of snake it was and just to slowly kind of step over it almost as it was slithering across the trail. So those were my two wildlife encounters on the trail at Vertigo 20K. So... After I finished my race and I got lemonade and, you know, took a finisher picture with my medal that I posted on Instagram. And so people would know I was finished and all that. I sat in my car for a few minutes and I saw that I actually did not finish under five hours. And so it was a little bit disappointing. But on the other hand, I was proud because it didn't take me six hours, you know, and I just knew how hard that it it was for me to push through. Um, all the negative self-talk and all of the just not feeling good and the DNF talk. And and yet I finished and I had another medal and another finish under my belt. And of course I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. And I check the race results and I see that I am last. And you guys, I cannot say that I was surprised. Okay. I know I started at the back, but While I am usually last in trail races, I am not always last. I was not last in my first ultra. I don't think I was last in my first 25K, but these last couple of races that I've done, I have been last place. And I saw that I was last place again, and I'm not going to lie. I was just disappointed. And, And I looked at the person that finished ahead of me. And if I remember right, I think it was like a 40 year old man or something. And he finished in maybe like four hours or three something. So he finished over an hour ahead of me. And when I saw how big of a, of a distance that was time-wise that it wasn't like I was just on someone's heels, like, like the last race I did. No, I was over an hour behind this person and how slow am I? And 
usually I'm, I'm the first one to say, oh, it doesn't matter. And I finished and I'm so proud of myself. But for some reason this time, it just really stung and it really bothered me more than it usually does. And especially when I looked at my husband's finish time for his first ever trail 10K and saw that he finished it in one hour and 14 minutes. And I thought, great, just great. You know, I had a bad race and he finished so fast. And I know I'm going to hear about how this was not a hard race. You know, I started questioning myself because let's face it, how, how many times am I going to be in a race and finish last? How many times? And what is it about me? that I can't, you know, just be a normal runner. Every time there is a new start line and I see everyone lined up, whether it's 50K, 25K, 10K, whatever, I see these people line up and they all look normal and they don't look like they have a care in the world and they all pass me on the trail and they all finish before I do. And I always just think, well, what is wrong with me? Well, the first thing that always comes to mind is, Michelle, you're fat. You are fat. You know, if you would lose weight, you would be faster. Or, Michelle, you don't push yourself enough. You know, you you don't try hard enough. You don't try to get faster. You don't put in enough effort or something that, you know, there's something wrong with you because everyone else is able to do things that you can't do. And especially when I see my husband, you know, making his debut and trail racing and, and just, you know, finishing his, uh, his 6k in 34 minutes and finishing at 10k and an hour and 14 this trail saturday night was not easy you guys i don't think anybody that ran that the vertigo night run would tell you that that was an easy course i think that the race i ran last month stunner that was an easy course and i think we all would agree on that everyone that ran that race but this course Saturday night was not an easy course. That hill was difficult. It was a lot of switchbacks. It was rocky and it was tough. And I saw people running by me with blood on them. People had fall, fallen. My husband fell when he was running. This was not an easy course. But yeah, my husband finished it so fast. He was 33 out of, I don't know how many people, 100 and some people. <laughs> that ran the 10K. And so basically what I'm saying is I've been running for five years and I'm, and look at me. Okay. All of this was going through my mind when Mike McLean messaged me last night. He said, in any race, there are maybe 20 people that might quote unquote win. That's not us, but ask what it means to win. And you'll see that you did. I'm sorry. Your kids see it. So do I. You didn't quit. 
That's enough. Be proud of you. I am. A lot of us are. Thank you, Mike. Okay. I think I've got a hold of myself. I am emotional. I admit it. I'm guessing most of you get emotional too. (laughs) If you don't, that's okay. You don't have to be like me. But Mike's message helped me so much. I've had nothing but positive comments since I posted my mini race recap on Instagram. So many people commenting and saying how proud they were of me and that I did it and this and that and nothing but nothing but positive comments. And I just want to say that even though I finished last and even though I struggled with that finish, and even though sometimes I still struggle with why am I the way that I am, I'm going to flip that around right now and tell you all that I am the way that I am. And there is not one thing wrong with me being this way. There's nothing wrong with my size. There's nothing wrong with my pace. There's nothing wrong with me finishing last. The fact that I am out there putting forth the effort, running, training, challenging myself, I am miles and miles and miles away from the woman that I used to be that would never, ever have attempted to run, to run, let alone train for her second ultra marathon, let alone decide to go out and start running trails, let alone just put in the work day after day. That is a huge win. And I am a winner for that reason. Even though I'm not ever going to be on the podium, I will never be, you know, win a race in that sense. I'm winning my own race just by getting out there and doing the thing and having the courage to press through when things get hard. I want to encourage you that if you are feeling down on yourself, that there's not anything to feel down about. We love this thing called running, and this podcast is called Fun of the Run for a reason. Running is fun, and not every aspect of it is fun, of course, but There's a reason why we keep picking ourselves up and coming back day after day, week after week, month after month. There's a reason why we continue to sign ourselves up for the next race or maybe that next distance that we want to try to conquer. Or there's a, you know, maybe that just that, that scary dream or that scary goal, that scary race that we want to sign up for. There's a reason we keep coming back for more. And it's something inside us that cries out for more. And after reading the messages that that Mike sent and just looking inside myself, and this is something actually I've been thinking about for months, I am to a point, I feel like, where, you know, even though I am scared to run 100 miles, I honestly feel like just signing up for the race and just going for it. Obviously, I will train and I will do everything within my power to get ready. But if I don't try, I will never know if I can do it. And what if I fail? What what if I only get to mile 51 or 47 or 
32, whatever, I will still be out there on the trail doing what I love doing, seeing my running friends, enjoying nature, doing my thing. And how can that be a fail? You know, if I'm out there doing the thing, whether I make it or not, whether I get pulled from the trail and whether I miss a cutoff or not, does that really matter? If I'm still out there giving it my very best, I think I need to go for it. And I think you need to go for it too. Not a hundred miler necessarily, but whatever your dream is that you're too scared to reach out for, there's nothing wrong with us. And we don't need to be afraid. And there is no failure unless we fail to try. You know, that's where the failure is, is if we don't try. So I hope that something that I said in this race recap was helpful in some way. I hope that my love for this thing called running has, you know, rubs off on you in some way. I hope that you can hear the love that I have for it in my voice. And I hope you can also hear my love of the running community in my voice and my love for my running friends and all of my listeners and my followers on Instagram that continue to reach out and support me and encourage me. And it means everything. And I would not be here without without your support and encouragement. Thank you to everyone that has listened today. And a huge thank you to Aravipa Running for putting on Vertigo Night Runs. Another wonderful race. Well done. Thank you to Run Far, Get Lost, Chris Morrison Runs, and to Oscar's brother, Tommy. I can't remember your Instagram handle right off the top of my head. I'm sorry, Tommy. Thank you for volunteering at that aid station all night long. You guys were awesome. It was so nice to have friendly faces to come back to each loop. Thank you to all of the other volunteers that were out there making this race possible. Our races would not be near as much fun without all of the awesome volunteers. And so a huge thank you goes out to all of you. And also a huge thank you goes out to all of you here that are listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting my show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your reviews. And I just, I just appreciate it so much. So again, this has been Fun of the Run Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. Email me at any time at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. Direct message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. And until next time, go out there and have fun on your run.